in the 1960s and 70s, I uh, became very interested in the writings of a prominent public intellectual in those years, a man on the faculty of uh, Harvard Medical School who was a child psychiatrist. Some of you may remember the name of Robert Coles. He uh, achieved some prominence initially when he did a three-volume series called Children of Crisis, which was on the what, what it took for little black kids in the South to brave the crowds who tried to prevent them from entering newly integrated schools throughout the South. He got the Pulitzer Prize for that research and writing. I uh, ended up having the chance to be his student in graduate school, and he, in fact, became a member of my dissertation committee. And then uh, I buried his wife. When we lived in Cambridge, in the chapel of the Groton School in Groton, Massachusetts. I mention all that just because I was especially taken with his interest in what he called the private life of the mind with its more or less secret thoughts. And I'd like to address, with your permission, the private life of our minds and some of the secret thoughts that dwell therein. And I'd like to use the figure of Celestine V, at one time a pope in the medieval church who was shortly thereafter named a saint. This information comes mainly from an April 18, 1999 New York Times Magazine article on Celestine V. Celestine was poor, semi-literate, and rather less than sane. He was elected to the papacy at a time when the position had been vacant for two years due to the infighting by the mafia-style bosses who ran the medieval church. An 85-year-old peasant mystic known as Father Pietro, in his pre-papal days, he had founded an, a religious order of pious simpletons, but that was too much for him. Before his ascendancy, he was living in a tiny grotto on the side of a mountain in southern Italy. The, he had a reputation as a healer, a prophet, a dreamer of dreams. The local peasantry, the class from which he came, 
believed that he hung out his cowl on a sunbeam when he prayed. This was the man who became for five miserable months from July 5 to December 13, 1294, a most reluctant pontiff and one whose lack of interest in the job allowed local rulers and politicians to wield extraordinary power over the church. Celestine knew so little Latin that papal business for the first time had to be conducted in Italian. He begged his keepers to set up a hermitage in the royal palace that resembled his mountainside hut, though he eventually, eventually, poor old man, resigned. He was replaced by Boniface VIII, a proud, arrogant pontiff who greeted the pilgrims in Rome with the claim, it is I, I who am emperor. Boniface kept Celestine in jail, where he was killed by hired assassins. Soon after, he was canonized by Clementine V as Saint, Saint Peter, hermit and confessor. Dante placed him in hell for his gran refuso, his abdication. The editor of the New York Times article concludes, I bend my knee to the unwilling holy man who, know, who knew there was no meeting place between the pursuit of power and the worship of God. I believe that Celestine V Like Celestine V, each of us who lived for some length of time intuited what he did when we were in our right minds, that worldly power and success may not be where the divine is. And I believe that each of us who lived our share of decades at some moment wanted out of our jobs as Celestine wanted out of his. I believe furthermore that at some time or other each of us felt like a fool because of a mistake we made or because we misread people or circumstances as he appeared a fool. And I believe each of us was never closer to the divine than in these moments of failure, shame, or defalcation, as he had been close to the divine. And at risk of seeming glib, I believe the church might want us to know and possibly to teach others that in the dark times of failure, 
we may be closer than ever to the eternal. The truly gifted and the truly powerful and the truly wealthy and truly beautiful and truly righteous will not understand what Celestine means to us who finish no higher than middle of the pack or even lower than that. But Celestine is for us and for all who love and, f- and yet lose or fumble, are down and out, who can't control our various addictions, are frightened to death for our children or grandchildren, who can't understand the world or find a way, any way, to win. This man, Celestine, is the one to whom we bend our knee. And through him, we gather our assurance of the universal love. That love is what matters. And there is hope for everyone because of it. Let us try to remember this.